0: Advanced Principles Podcast, or APP, was created to be an outlet for like-minded individuals to share in the broader conversations on leadership, retail market updates, and incredible personal success stories. On APP, you will hear a collection of stories from the titans of the retail industry, as well as thought and practice leaders covering the spectrum of the economy. Please click the subscribe button and look for the newest episodes to be released day one, like on the sales side, but the benefit absolutely is there for years and years to come. I'm concerned now that we're
1: going to flood the market and we're going to now shift back the other way.
0: Cliff Childers is the national sales manager for NAE N1, a warranty administrator headquartered in Cleveland, Ohio. In his role, Cliff leads the sales division and is also responsible for the ongoing development and delivery of the cutting-edge products that NAE provides to their agent and dealer clients. Prior to his promotion to National Sales Manager in 2019, Cliff served as an account executive with NAE for eight years. Cliff's main objectives during his time as an account executive were to provide individualized in-field support for his agency clients, drive agency development to a new level, and develop lasting relationships resulting in new client acquisitions. Cliff has over 21 years of experience in the automotive industry. He began his career managing a full service repair facility for Bridgestone Firestone and then entered the administration industry where he served five years as an account executive for Zurich. Cliff decided to make the change to NAE because of his belief in the vision and unique culture the company offers. Cliff is a graduate of the University of Kansas where he obtained a Bachelor of Arts degree in Human Biology and a minor in Spanish. NAE is very proud of Cliff for being featured in Agent Entrepreneur Magazine as one of their 40 Under 40. Cliff resides in Shawnee, Kansas with his beautiful bride Brittany and their two daughters Cora and Chloe. All right, so Cliff, welcome to App. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast here and a guest uh, to talk about Fixed Ops February and a program that I know is near and dear to your heart, Warranty Forever. So thank you for being a part of this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and definitely focusing on the Fixed Ops piece. So thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, very cool. So I'm very familiar with your background. Some people may not know how many years or decades we go back to each other, but I am excited for you to share your story with all the listeners out there. I think it's a really cool story to tell. Um, So why don't you give us a brief background uh, on yourself and your professional journey?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you framed it that way, because I was going to ask you, do you want me to start with the the 20 years that you and I, uh, you know, over four different opportunities have worked together, uh, either side by side or in some capacity, because it doesn't leave a whole lot left. But uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so really my story um, went to the University of Kansas and during that time as you know, but uh, many of the listeners or viewers don't, I ran Bridgestone Firestone Operation. Um, And and really, that was the foundation for my career. And the reason for that, not only did it teach me how to lead and mentor, in some cases, some individuals such as technicians who can be challenging at times, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how to deal with uh, the the general uh, consumer deliver bad news, of course, because nobody really, um, you know, separates funds for car repair, um, but really it, it'll, it allowed me to focus on the fixed ups piece. Um, and everything that I learned in that opportunity, which was huge. And then from there, you know, you and I, again, you uh, working with you at Bridgestone Firestone, then created the opportunity at Zurich. So I was a field rep in, in Oklahoma, um, not only on the FNI side of things, but also property and casualty. And what a great state. I do thank you every day for helping me sell property and casualty in Oklahoma. I mean, I think one year I paid out on every single natural disaster with the exception of a tsunami. So thanks for setting me up for, for success there. You
0: had to get experience somehow. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, And then I met David and Kelly, really learned about NAE, the transparency, the customization, where the company was headed at the time. And really Warranty Forever, which we're going to talk about uh, today, uh, was one of the main reasons that I made that transition. Um, And and Warranty Forever really has helped build the legacy and the the company, uh, National Automotive Experts, or NAE, um, to what it is today. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's so cool. Yeah, so I've been here
1: 10 years now. I started as an account executive in the field and then uh, recently uh, changed chairs and now I lead the business development team.
0: I can't believe it's already been 10 years. It's it's just incredible. And all 10 of those years have been interwoven with Warranty Forever. That's exactly uh, right. I, and you know, we're going to talk about it. It's a great why by here. There's a lot of sales attributes to it, which I'm sure we'll mention as we go through this. But really, this is the conversation which I think gets most overlooked when talking about Warranty Forever is the benefit to fixed operations um it it may not be day one like on the sales side but the benefit absolutely is there and for years and years to come and really even even when you went to nae prior to my arrival there you were instantly a fan of warranty forever and you immediately bought into the program um, started to uh, really separate yourself and itself from competitors in the marketplace Um, and one of the biggest advocates if not the biggest advocate for warranty forever over your career since you've been there. Why why such a passion for Warranty Forever, almost from day one, um, but to carry that passion forward for 10 years going on is uh, pretty exceptional.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think the thing you talked about is really the differentiation between a program and a product, right? There, there are, we were one of the pioneers in this program, so we were one of the first to bring a lifetime program to market. So, you know, that's where it started. But really, over the 10 years, I have seen what this has done for our dealers and dealerships you know, and and how they've benefited from this program. You know, what other program and I ask this all the time, what other program out there in the industry really impacts all four of the major departments, right? And and we're going to get into that. I think that to me, it's not just a why buy here or a sales lift, right? It's not just focus on service, you know, finance really benefits from this as well. I mean, I could even make a a strong argument that the office can benefit from this and somehow as well. I mean, so it really uh, impacts every department of the dealership, which is awesome. And the other thing is the, the history, the historical data that we provide. Um, You know, we're able to provide kind of the return on the investment, the ROI, if you will, because of the data that we have collected and we have account managers that that service these accounts, collect the data, and then uh, share that with our clients, you know, inception to date numbers, even trends as it relates to we know what's going on in the industry right now and the seismic shift we're facing from inventory, COVID, Um, And so, you know, some of the stats that you see behind me are a study that we've conducted over the last five years, and it's an impact to our dealers, all of them, not just our high producers not some of the lower, you know, the, the, the lower producing. This is a snapshot into uh, our entire book. And, and typically when you talk about a lifetime program, when you're presenting one, what's everyone do? Well, they want to focus on your elite performers and these are mm-hmm. the best numbers. But, but then what happens in practical application is everyone going to have that sort of uptick, right? So I think that's one of the, the main differences. And then the other thing is, as you mentioned it, the lifts are, they're sustainable, right? You think of kind of, Um, a a sales type program or some of the other lifetime programs out there for the first 30 days, everyone gets excited about it because it's new. And then with any program, what happens? You know, there's, there's no continuing service, no continuing education. It falls off where we provide that continuing education, the implementation of all the processes we follow up on it, all the deliverables, and then also tying that customer back to the service department is crucial, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You've got to make that, that, Transition that introduction. And so, when you look at again going back to some of the data, our average retention on new and pre owned. So, when I ask, you know, uh, our clients, say, what's what's your typical retention? They they always know they're new, but nobody Mm -hmm. really has a way to track their, their pre owned. Uh, Ours is 67%. So just for the sake of math with, you know, I'm not going to uh, give you any softballs as it relates to my education or, you know, my (laughs) my smarts, but, uh, you know, 67 out of 100 customers are now servicing back at your facility for an entire year, you know, each month. Well, now take it to the next year. And those 67, because you formed that habit, are still returning And you're adding another 67. And so from a fixed stop standpoint, you can see how this thing um, just compounds year over year over year. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, we have clients that have been on the program over a decade. Uh, They they do write a check every single month. And they don't bat an eye. And you know why? Because it's really the ROI on the backside of this program that makes it worth it every day.
0: Yeah, I think that's so huge. And I know we'll get into some of the specifics. But Ah, uh, we certainly have dealers that have been on the program well over ten years, and in the program re- released uh, two thousand six, if I remember correctly. So, right. from a program standpoint, it's now going on sixteen years. There aren't a lot of uh, things that last sixteen years, and, and in fact, there's certain manufacturers or vehicle models that haven't even made it sixteen years. And for warranty forever to still going strong, that's that's fantastic. Now, it did come to market amidst the Great Recession. Um, just, you could not have a more inverse market to what we are in today, um, a, a total oversupply of inventory and a, and a lack of demand versus, you know, where we are today. So dealers were really fighting for that sale. And, you know, the why buy here became so prevalent and so prominent throughout our industry, um, which helped accelerate the program. Now, fast forward those 16 years, we're in a very. Different time and dealers don't need assistance really selling cars because there's so much more demand than there is to su- supply. Does warranty forever still hold the same weight from uh, a why buy here and a program benefit, and should dealers still pay attention to it?
1: Yeah, uh, fair question. Um, and I and I think an assumption that we're making, although I, I don't necessarily subscribe to it, is that we're going to continue to stay in this. Situation, right? Where there's mm-hmm. no inventory. I mean, I, I'm concerned now that we're going to flood the market and we're going to now shift back the other way. Um, so let's just assume, though, that we do stay in this for the next two years. You know, some manufacturers are probably saying six months. I've heard some say a year, two years. Who really knows? But let's just assume that inventory, there's still an inventory shortage. We know, um, because warranty forever can actually prove it, that customers are driving greater distances to purchase vehicles. In this case, we're mm-hmm. talking auto, but it does apply to also power sports and and RV. So aside from availability, what else are our clients selling? What else is going to cause your customers to drive greater distances to buy from you? And, and Warranty Forever has been that solution because it creates a brand, brand recognition, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that also plays into the importance of this program and the passion that I have, because we're helping dealers Uh, really build a brand take them from in some cases irrelevance to market leaders right yeah Um, you know the other thing that that I don't I don't hear a lot of discussion out in the industry but it comes down to trade cycles how is this going to impact trade cycle I mean think of the the price of pre-owned vehicles right now in the general population the general consumer has I I don't want to say caught on but they've been educated that right now prices are inflated so now it's forcing them to hang on to their vehicles. And so if you haven't had a, a some sort of program in place that's going to focus on retention, drawing that customer back mm-hmm. for service, it might almost be too late, but you should probably start thinking about that now. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that that's one of the great things. And then first appointments, um, you know, the, the oil changes out there. Most manufacturers, some dealers give away one one oil change or three, but is that really creating a habit? Mm-hmm. right yep. or, or is there a program design that not forces them but encourages them to return to your selling dealer right so and I, they're I, generally
0: only doing that on new vehicles okay. right it, it, so you're short-sighting yourself especially in today's environment where most dealers are selling far more pre-owned than they are new yep. uh you, you're foregoing that that first second third service appointment yeah great point great point yeah so um, yeah, that's really good stuff. I think there's the tremendous value still in the program for dealers to look at. We are in a cycle. This cycle will one day end. Uh, sure. And at the end of it, you know, dealers are going to be back to being competitive and everything else that we know about them. So knowing your service background and, and, and I love it. Um, you know, we had an individual on earlier this month that also had a service background and was familiar with the operations and the importance of the, uh, the lifetime value of a consumer coming back through the service yep. drive. So how have you personally seen Warranty Forever impact dealers service departments um, from a retention standpoint, from a growth standpoint, from a major mechanical repair standpoint, from a claims paid back standpoint, all of those things. How, what are some of the stories that dealers have been sharing with you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, to, to answer that question, let's, let's start with one of the differences, right? Um, going back to what's different about this program. And I, and I think it really starts, and I mentioned it earlier with a proper to to service. Without that, you know, I ask all the time in dealerships uh whether it's a new partner or an existing what what does the service walk, the service introduction look like? And everyone can tell me what it looks like, but then we really dive a step further. All right, now kind of show me. And that's where the, ah, uh, all right, we have one, but we're not really implementing it or utilizing it. And I just ask why. And and I just relate it to individuals. I mean, think about it, Ryan, you've probably, how many times have you moved now? Like 27 times? Are we up to 30? <laughs> not quite uh,
0: that many, but yeah, <laughs>
1: Right, but, but, but we're creatures of habit. And we'll if we move across the city, sometimes we'll still drive back to the old grocery store. And why is that? Because we know where everything's at. Mm -hmm. A dealership can be a very, very intimidating place. So if you don't know where to go, you haven't made that introduction, you haven't really um, given your word that you're going to service back at the repair facility on this day, kind of like a dentist office, right? There's no chance you're coming back. So I think one of the differences is all those processes that our servicing team implements in the dealership. And again, I shouldn't say implements, recommends right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and really uh, talk about the why. So people buy into what, how does this generate more sales? And so when I say sales, what well, it could be back for advisors, Um, it definitely, we always say sales sells the first car service sells the second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, From a CPRO dollars. Another thing that we work with the departments on uh, uh, really the service department and the advisors uh, maximizing the opportunity, um, the customer in this program uh, is required to perform the routine maintenance, you know, and it's very simple. Um, in most cases, it's uh, one oil change uh, every year, right? Yep. Uh, and and again, creating opportunities for the advisors, and then it's their job to maximize the opportunities. But when I say maximize, when we look at the current service industry, for the most part, everyone loves the gravy work, right? The mm-hmm. warranty work, the business, the business that's just going to come back naturally. But what aren't they doing? They're not really seeking those opportunities and going back to again tying in my my history and, and the foundation. So we work with the, the advisors. Are they chalking tires? Are they looking at tire wear? Every dealer wants to get into tires, right? But they're not doing anything to help themselves. It's the easiest sell in the world. You either need them or you don't. Is there abnormal tire wear? Well, then what's causing that? Let's shake down the front end, mm-hmm. throw it up on the alignment rack. Everyone's investing in these new Hunter machines. How much do those cost? It's each alignment is what, 90% GP, 92% typically, depending on the tech. Um, so those are some of the ways that we really help our clients maximize opportunities. Um, and, you know, we, one of the stats, as I know you're, you're a stat guy, uh, based on that, that comprehensive study I talked about, uh, you know, 49% increase in customer pay ROs. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, that, that's huge for all of our business. Uh, and then probably one of the, the most unique things about warranty forever as it relates to the service department. Um, is what we do to generate business for consumers or guests who have decided to service somewhere else. So what I mean by that, why I love this program, we don't force customers back to the selling dealer right? We don't. They can go anywhere. Now we're going to work with sales and educate them on why they need to return with factory mm-hmm. technicians. We hang on to uh, all of your ROs. But if they go somewhere else, let's say they go to a Jiffy Lube or another repair facility, they have to call in for a quick pre-notification phone call. And on that call, we do a couple things. One, we try to convert them back to the selling dealer. So Ryan, I'm going to ask you, what program out there that you know of is, is generating business or converting customers back to the service
0: drive you know, on behalf of the dealer. I've never heard of another one. I think it's one of the most astonishing things about the program that I don't know that it gets promoted enough because it's so impactful.
1: Yeah, and and, you know, we track that. Four out of every 10 customers who have made a deliberate decision to go somewhere else We're converting back. The second thing is we educate them on what's required so they're not involuntarily avoiding the the program. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the final thing, which is the most important, we're asking why you didn't return to the selling dealer. And they look at us kind of as a third party, a coach, if you will. They tell us everything. So, I mean, in some cases, I just had one the other day where the dealership lost a customer forever over floor mats. Floor mats. They promised floor mats. How often does that happen?
0: But you oh, know what? All too often,
1: without warranty forever, they would have never known why they lost that customer. Now, of course, they rectified, you know, and corrected the issue. But if you take that customer and how much they're going to spend in repair orders or preventative maintenance over the course of four, five, six years, how much did that dealership really lose? Especially being that they would never purchase a second vehicle. So, the, I mean, yeah. again, that's how this thing just completes the full circle.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's all, all great stuff. I'm so glad you went into so much detail uh, about it. And for me, I I came into the program as a total skeptic. I was like, yeah, this lifetime warranty, every, everybody's got a lifetime warranty. It's a piece of paper that sits in the car to help sell the car. You know, it's just not that big of a deal. But then when I saw the support on the back end from your servicing team, but then also the team that's based there in Cleveland, taking those phone calls and then I start to look at dealers and I say, what other program is available in the market where you know where your customers are going to service their vehicle before they ever even get there? It, yeah. it doesn't. And how much would you pay for it? How, much would it? how much would you pay for your entire customer list to know where they're going to go service their cars? And then why? Like you said, you ask, you know, why? Is it distance? Is it bad experience? Is it price? Is it whatever? And, and dealers can't put a price tag on it. I said, well, right there, this is exactly what we do. And I think it's such an impactful part of the program and provides so much instant benefit to the dealer, but that benefit doesn't wane. It's still the same benefit 10, 12, 13 years into the program because those customers are still making those calls and they're being uh, led and and influenced back to the selling dealer for all the right reasons. Uh, It's just amazing. So kudos to you and your team for continuing to support that and celebrate it. Any more of a megaphone that you can provide to it, I think it's good for dealers to really know uh, the magic behind the curtains on the program right there. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, in an industry of latest and greatest, and and you've been now around the retail side long enough, you've seen it. It's, you know, tent sale this, balloon sale that, you know, this program, that program, this widget, that widget. They just come and go. Um, Then you look at a program like Warranty Forever, 16 years of lasting power. And if I'm not mistaken, it's it's still a growing program in your suite of products and program portfolio, correct? Absolutely. That's right. So 16 years on, how is that possible? Because I, I can think of I can think of companies that have have launched, signed business, and gone away several times over in the 16 years that this singular program has continued to prove beneficial to dealers.
1: Yeah. It's uh, a great question. Um, and, and I think really the answer, you have to look at who it benefits. Um, it benefits both the consumer and the dealer. So let's start with the consumer, the guest, if you will. Uh, guests love things that, that's provided at no cost. Um, so I think, you know, that's one of the main reasons that it, it still creates that why buy here. But I will tell you, you, you wanna talk about, um, you know, why I have the passion and some of the gratitude for this program. When you're in a dealership and an individual Has a transmission or an engine that is being repaired. They've provided the the routine maintenance or or performed it at the selling dealer, and we're replacing an $8,000 engine, right? That in some cases, that individual could never afford. And we provided this at no cost, right? That's what I love about the program and the success. Yeah, I don't even want to call them success stories, but just being there witnessing that and to see those individuals and how thankful they are that they bought a vehicle at that dealership that provided um, that service is priceless, right? It's just Mm -hmm. priceless. You know, and I think, and then going back to the dealer, it is a program that truly impacts every department. And Mm -hmm. that is why it continues to stick around and really into the future. I think it's going to be another benefit um, because who knows what the next obstacle is going to be. I mean, just in one or two calendar years, let's see, we faced a pandemic, um, now we have a little bit of inflation going on. Right. A little bit. Uh, well, I think we've gone through a recession. This program now has gone through two recessions, a <laughs> pandemic. I mean, what else? Oh, parts shortage. Uh, what else? Could, I mean, there's a little war that might be you know, waged uh, somewhere else in the world that could it, it could directly impact our business and yeah. um, in, in this program, our clients that have been on this program are almost insulated because no matter what, let's just say there's a part shortage now and it's going to infect the service department. Well, guess what? We have a true why buy here that's going to help lift sales on the front end. And, mm-hmm. then, and then we know what happens, you know, when when you have, you know, right now what we're facing is the inventory shortage. Well, thank goodness our absorption rates and the fixed ops departments are stronger than ever. And mm-hmm. they're not worried. Yes, they're getting all the gross. But what happens if the the opportunities diminish even more? Let, let's hope mm-hmm. that out. I think we're yeah. on the round, but you never know. Uh, so again, it's just a great program that helps insulate the dealers from the what if, if that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. I I, I do, uh, you know, want to pause on it just for a minute because certainly I think dealers that are already on warranty forever are insulating themselves, as you said, from this this risk, but. You know, Now with this inventory shortage running on a year, year and a half, two years, whoever knows how long it is, that that does lessen how many new customers you're welcoming into your database every single month, every single year. Well, the long tail effect of that is if you don't have a program to increase retention, your service numbers are just naturally going to go down. You're selling less cars, you're retaining the same number as you did when you're selling more cars, just naturally leads to less service customers. And This program helps that and if they introduce it now, they can still sell a lower volume of vehicles than they used to and service more customers than they used to because of that retention aspect. So I think dealers more now than ever need to look at this as a way to continue to grow their service business, not day one, but six months, 12 months, 18, 24 months down the road. And then by the way, those customers are still in your dealership when inventory levels return and they get reintroduced to the market from an acquisition standpoint. I think it's a, it's a perfect marriage for that.
1: Yeah, and you, you, know, you, you do bring up a great point because when, when you sign up for the program, it, you almost want the light switch effect, right? You're just going to have an immediate uptick. And you do see that on the front end with sales, with proper advertising web, website, but the service piece, it really doesn't start coming for a year. Um, And, you know, our our clients are wired much like you and I are. Um, They want to see instant gratification. They want results now. But, yeah, they've got to remember, it does take if you buy a vehicle today, you're probably not
0: servicing for a year. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Absolutely. So, you know, certainly you've been out. And um, again, one of the biggest advocates for the program, you were on the front line uh, proposing it and presenting it and selling it for the first part of your career. Um, what are some of when you sat across from decision makers and, and dealers, what are some of the metrics that they look at when evaluating why buy here because it is an expense I mean it's when that cor- car leaves I'm writing a check whether they buy an F&I uh, protection product or not whether um, they finance with me or not I'm putting more money into that vehicle to provide yep. them protection for the lifetime of their ownership. So what are some of the dealers um, looking at from a metric standpoint.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll focus on obviously front end sales and uptick in in retail sales. Um, One of the common concerns we get, and I'll address it here in a second, is how is this going to affect my PVR, my service contract Mm -hmm. penetration? Um, You know, those are probably the two. But but when you're looking at uh, two programs side by side, let's just assume that for a minute. You've got to make sure that it's a program. And I keep referring to that as a program and not a product, because as you know, we live in a world of copycats where everyone's like, oh, I see the success that NAE's having with a lifetime program. Let's go design the same program and almost copy and paste it and put a contract out there. But that's a product. And you're only going to have success for 30 days, if that, because nobody's, you know, you launch it, everyone gets excited, and then it just kind of fizzles out. So make sure that you're looking at a true program that's going to impact every department, and then also make sure that that program that you're looking at, if you are comparing the two, can provide the data, the historical data, the historical upticks in all the departments, not just the best practice stores, right? Which is why we employ a team just to go around and work with dealer service and work with your team, Ryan, in, in the mm-hmm. dealerships, right? Um, and, and, and make sure we track those numbers so that then we can share them with our clients. But yeah, I mean, going back to, to some of the important stats, uh, you know, let's talk about increase in retail sales. Um, so we see, on average, a twenty nine percent lift, and so uh, you know, in some wow. cases, yeah, twenty nine percent. But again, think of the why by here, the customization that goes into it, the point of sale pieces, the advertising examples that we provide. Right, we don't have to recreate the wheel. Let's learn f- from the success. Um, you know, the other thing, eighty eight percent of claims are paid back to the selling dealer. To me, uh, the customer has first right refusal. With all claims within 150 miles. So think about that. You can decide, yes. and it, it's powertrain work. It's it's GP. Uh, so 88% of claims are being paid back to the selling dealer. Um, I already talked about the uptick in in uh, customer pay ROs. Mm-hmm. But then let's let's focus on the biggest concern, which is finance. The finance department. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we initially always get pushback from an F and I manager, and in some cases, our, a dealer. Uh, this is just gonna this is gonna kill. If you're providing a lifetime powertrain, nobody's gonna buy service contracts. Well, factually, I can tell you, we have a 31% uptick in PBR. So again, when you look at the difference in programs, it's proper education on the front end, educating the consumer on what is covered and what's not. 17% of the vehicle is covered. Now let's talk about the other 83%. Some point of sale pieces that really visualize, you know, so the customer can visualize, okay, this is covered, this is not. Um, you know, we're not covering all the electrical components out there as well. Um, and then it, in the event, it can be standalone, but but do you offer some sort of wrap? right? It's a natural segue into a service mm-hmm. contract presentation and do you know the other companies do they offer that wrap that really fits over or around warranty forever um, and has some unlimited components if you know if the client chooses it, it, again, it's just a natural uh, progression into a service contract sale, which is why we see that uptick in, in PVR.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just huge it, and, and it, it is so impactful all four of those departments and across all those metrics and I think those are some great statistics and, and certainly, uh, they're not theoretical at this point. They're 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 proven. A lot of dealers, a lot of cars, a lot of transactions. You guys, you guys know your stuff. So there are a couple risk factors uh, with Warranty Forever on a go forward basis. I mean, let's, let's face it. You're not driving down to your local de- dealership as often as you used to. You're now competing over the internet. Uh, when you're a consumer, you're shopping a lot a lot of times across state lines. So. Um, this, we ship anywhere, you know, we'll get your car to you and you can live a thousand miles away. And all we care about is selling you the car, nothing else. Uh, you know, that's, that's one potential external factor, but then you've also got you just this incessant conversation and growth about EVs, electric vehicles. I know they still make up a relatively small section of the market, but it is a growing section and it's going to continue totally to grow continue to, yep. grow, continue to grow, continue to grow. Um, And certainly that eliminates the powertrain from the protection standpoint, from the internally lubricated components for the most part. Um, How do you foresee warranty forever, surviving and thriving, knowing that those two things are growing threats, not, you know, passing threats?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, so let's go back to the we ship anywhere. Um, and, and, you know, and, and some of those companies that you're probably referring to have been in the news lately, probably not for the greatest reasons, but anyway, yeah. you know, I'm not going to digress there, but, but, you know, I think that is going to become a commodity. Everyone is going to have that, right? We know they have to. Um, so again, going back to uh, your brand recognition, you know, the why buy here, I think there's still an absolute need to separate yourself from the competition. And yes, you mentioned your website. You know, that's one of the things when when you look at websites, the overlays, this vehicle is provided, you know, at, at no cost, a, a warranty forever. Um, you know, that's market differentiator, your, your videos that you can place, what's going to drive customers or give them that, wow, that, that customer experience mm-hmm. that you're looking for. I think customer engagement is going to be huge as well as we make this transition. But now um, transitioning to the electric vehicles, the beauty of, warranty forever is it's warranty forever. It's not lifetime powertrain forever. It's not lifetime power, right? So we have actually made some modifications knowing the EV business is going to um, it's going to grow. We know that mm-hmm. and what percentage Absolutely. and by when, who knows? But let's make sure we're being innovative for our clients. And so we've already addressed that. So you know, you're still going to have to address the motor slash the generator. They still have transmission or transmissions. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's a drive unit essentially. And, and so we'll have to change our vernacular. You know, it won't be powertrain. Um, it'll kind of be drivetrain. Um, but some of the requirements will still exist that are going to help bring that consumer back, you know, multi-point inspections, um, coolant and brake fluid, uh, coolant fluid or uh, fluid checks, brake fluid checks. So that is what we're really doing to help still create that retention for our EV customers, but also treat them different. It's a different experience owning an mm-hmm. EV as opposed to a combustible engine. So yeah, yeah we're, we're forward thinking. We understand there is going to be a shift. Um, it could be seismic. It could just, you
0: know, naturally progress,
1: but uh, there's an answer
0: for it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, well, done. I knew, I knew you guys were already thinking about it, had plans yep. for it, uh, probably been in the works for a long time. And I'm excited to see that continue to roll out and continue to be introduced and, and, and get everyone educated on it. Cause I think it's so important for where we're going. So leads me to the next one is, is really, um, what, what really is in store then for warranty forever. I know so you mentioned it briefly, but probably spend a few minutes on it in the RV and the power sport space. Um, we mostly talked about auto, although some of those statistics are not auto specific. Yep. Um, so what's really in the future for that? Or, or I know you added another level of warranty forever in the last year, year and a half. Um, and then what, what's in, the, in store for you? I know there's a, a lot of great things happening with you and NAE as well.
1: Yep. Um, so again, this, this is uh, multiple industries. Uh, I will tell you the RV. If you haven't been paying attention to the RV industry, it is just absolutely blowing up right now. You know, you think of families now, and it's it's not individuals jumping on Harley's and you know six or seven guys going to Sturgis or to Daytona. It's more family oriented. So that's why the RV, you know. And then COVID hit, obviously, so people couldn't travel by airplane or they weren't comfortable, so they wanted as a family to load up. Everyone was working remotely, and it was the greatest thing because people were getting out and really seeing this country as a uh, you know, as a family, but think of all the components in an RV. Um, so it's, it's not powertrain. It really then shifts to, uh, refrigerators, stoves, microwaves, those type of living components that are covered with the RV program. And then, um, you know, power sports and motorcycle, we do have a program for on-road motorcycle. Um, but again, what's really popular now are are UTV side-by-sides. If you're going with the the four-seater family, you know, put the kid's seat in the back, should put a helmet on them and, and let's go into the woods, you know? Um, not by experience, but I, I already know, you, you know you're like, oh boy, has he done that? No, not yet, but I will here soon. Um, but again, uh, you know, we have a, an engine only program that's designed just for off-road units. So
0: Yeah, that um, is just uh, very, very cool, very beneficial for those consumers and those dealers um, because there's a lot of risk factor involved with that, with, with those activities and those specific, specific units.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, in, in the industries, I mean, I, who would have thought that we would be running out of inventory because of demand, uh, not supply in the RV sector. I, yeah. I, I, everyone. I mean, it, and, and the people buying these units, it just, it, it's mind blowing, but it, it's neat to see. It sure is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. So uh, it, it has been just fantastic talking through this program. I'm a huge fan of warranty forever, obviously a huge fan of you. Uh, you continue to be a great advocate for the program and NAE as a whole um, we know that there's a lot of exciting things in store for you, NAE, and specifically Warranty Forever. I love that it's still a growing program after all of these years, and dealers are still seeing the value in it. Continue to write that check every single month because they know the long-term benefit that they're going to get um, through their service drive and how their store is going to grow overall. So really appreciate you taking the time to be on here today. And uh, before I let you go, I got to get into the fast five, though. All
1: right. Uh, yeah, with,
0: All right. The five off, off the off questions um off topic of warranty forever and fixed ops and everything and certainly uh with our extensive background uh some of those will be a little bit more personal well Um, you're
1: smiling so this is this is really (laughs) concerning i know this i know this this smile this chuckle all right no no Uh, very
0: very innocent stuff very innocent stuff so uh i do know and most people that know you know you're an avid avid sports fan um you love the missouri tigers You love the, uh, you know, University of Kentucky, the basketball team, um, absolutely love that. So all kidding aside, we know we know that you're an absolute uh, Kansas City fan through and true and have been through some significant ups and downs. Uh, the ups are what we're going to talk about. So in your time of being a fan and since I've known you, which, by the way, you are a Jayhawk, you're a University of Kansas alumni um, and, and an advocate of the program. You're a, a huge Royals fan um, and have been even through their really down years. Yep. Um, and you might kind of just passively be a Chiefs fan and participate in Chiefs Kingdom on an occasional Sunday through the fall and winter months. So, um, your greatest celebration. So, since I've known you, the Jayhawks have won a national title. Yeah. The Royals have won a World Series and the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl. So, which one personally was the most satisfying and did you absolutely? blow the lid on the celebration more than any other one?
1: Well, I think you know how I, you know, I celebrate. That is a tough question, and I've got to answer it quickly because I can't say can I have two because <laughs> there's two that stick out. Um, you know, I'm like, oh, man, it, it, it ha- I have to go with the Royals. Uh, the Royals winning the World Series just because pretty much my entire life, we have been the laughingstock of the league. We've been the farm club. And so to see that team and that nucleus put it all together for two years, we only won it mm-hmm. one, but went back yep. to back yep. years. Um, I will tell you that was probably the biggest celebration for me in my life, because I know, you know, being an avid baseball enthusiast, how difficult it is to play that many games to stay that healthy um, and then put together that many games consecutively to get to the World Series and then to win it uh, and do it back to back years. That that was probably the greatest enjoyment I've ever had. But I do have to have a second one because that's just not fair. You can't do that, Uh, which was the AFC championship game the year we won the Super Bowl two years ago after 30 years bringing the Lamar Hunt trophy back to Arrowhead Stadium. That and being there and and getting to experience that after the year before when your favorite Tom Brady, yes, the goat, um, just ripped my heart out right in front of me and threw a touchdown.
0: So those yeah. are probably the two biggest ones. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Very I can't, very I can't cool. go with one. I, I can I can totally sense the passion. I could pick up the keyboard bouncing as you were pounding <laughs> yeah, the desk, exactly, and go reliving those moments. So it, it's it's cool that you've been a part of that, but you were also physically present. Um, for, the, for, National us, for yeah. the Super Bowl yeah. um, and uh, for the World Series. So so very, very cool. I mean, on a so, side
1: note, my Jayhawks are going to win quite a few more. So, you know, I, I can't really – that was special, but it's going to happen again. I do believe that there are more
0: titles coming. Uh, yes, no so question. No doubt. Uh, amongst all three teams, probably maybe the Royals is the longest shot for the yeah, four, uh, most four, distant future. But I think, yeah. I think the Chiefs are definitely bringing a Super Bowl home again soon. And no doubt the Jay- Jayhawks will be back up there. No doubt. Um, all right, so something very few people know about you. Uh, it could be kind of a you know guilty pleasure, um, but something that very few people truly know about you. I'm a
1: two time um, runner up in foosball in the state of Colorado.
0: And, and I believe you were nationally ranked for a period of time. I, I, I was, yes, in <laughs> football.
1: But the same guy beat me every year. But yeah, so uh, that—that's most people don't know that. Yeah, I'm a—I'm a. I'm a- uh, is it an avid foosballist? What do you, I mean, yes, yeah, I,
0: I think so, a foosballist. And and just for clarification, you've never lived in the state of Colorado. You just spent uh, enough time there playing foosball. Uh, that, that, that is that, correct. That, my, that's where you ran your tournament play. That,
1: my, yes, that's correct. I had to actually get out of the state of Oklahoma. There wasn't enough, uh, you know, uh, quality individuals uh, to compete against on a regular basis. So I had to take my my efforts and my talents to the state of Colorado on weekends that happened to be during, uh, you know, ski season.
0: Yeah, 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 I love it, I love it. All right, so you've traveled extensively, um, a little bit, you know, certainly with Zurich, but then since you've been with NAE, you have been the guy on the road. I mean, you are um, the the living representation of the movie up in the air with your rewards points and your hotel stays and and all of that. So what's the worst travel day you've ever experienced?
1: Uh, aside from traveling with you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, the worst traveling day. Um, you know, actually, that that's easy. It, it just recently happened, um, and so I was, a flight was canceled, and so I was stuck in um, the thriving metropolis of Cleveland for an extra day. So then my options were to go to Chicago or Nashville during the winter, or get. So, uh, which one would you
0: pick? I picked Nashville.
1: Nashville right because now my yeah. thoughts are I got you know I think it's 55 into St. Louis and across 70 or I can go 40 into Oklahoma and go up at least I can drive home well guess what happened a nice storm hit Nashville and on the back side of that was a foot and a half to three feet of snow so now I'm stuck in Nashville and I can't get a flight out so then guess where I had to fly to to get home Phoenix right yeah oh. so you, you know that so I went to Phoenix And and I didn't have to really worry about anything there to get on the backside of the storm to then fly home. So that's probably the worst travel day. And and ironically, traveling like this for 10 years, uh, it happened
0: two months ago. Yeah. Travel's horrendous right now. That's unbelievable.
1: Well, yeah, we're not going to get into what traveling actually is like right now. (laughs) I I will tell you a funny story. The greatest day of my travel, uh, so to to put a positive spin, uh, was right after COVID hit and I was sitting in Atlanta on a Monday. Atlanta of all airports, and it was a ghost town. Oh. There wasn't a it was it was the the oddest feeling, but it was awesome because I, mean, yeah. I didn't to talk to anyone. However, nothing was open. I forgot about that. You can't <laughs> eat in the airport, so no one's <laughs> can't there. You can't get anything um, then.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So we've talked about um the greatest victory, certainly in the in the professional or collegiate ranks that you had part in and, and celebrated. So what's the biggest? victory or sale that you've had since being associated with Warranty Forever, whether it was the dealer that was the most opposed to it or a dealer that you just didn't think you could fully influence to come on board at the program where the, the full spectrum of sales ability came out?
1: Yep. Yeah, um, so I will tell you, it was actually the, my first week on the job. So it's the longest client um, that we've had uh, in Spokane, Washington. Uh, And he is the number one dealer for retention in his region. Uh, And I will tell you the reason I I picked that one specifically and that one comes to mind because not only has it been a decade, but to see what it has done. And he was a little skeptical at first because he had a fixed ops background. That's what he was known for. Wow. Um, and, and he was the service manager, you know, a, a second generation dealer, but to, for him to still be on the program to this day, I just speaks volumes for what it's done. He's written that check every single month for a reason.
0: Wow. How cool is that? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, just a great story.
1: And then we, you know, and then probably the other one uh, was a, a there's two, but one um, in Texas, uh, we had a Chrysler dealership that went from 47 units, you know it very well, um, to north of 400 before Auto Nation finally came and said, all right, how much? Stroke that check. Uh, this individual had to sit on the sidelines or individuals had to sit on the sidelines for a period of time, um, then went elsewhere, opened a new store, and we were the second call. Uh, the first wow. one was obviously the DMS and to be the second call the dealer makes is I need your team here to launch my new store uh, speaks volumes about, you know, so his- impactful. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
0: So impactful. Just story after story after story. And those are two great ones. So appreciate you going into the detail on that one. So we talked about um, the, the fan of you celebrating big wins. We've talked about the you of you celebrating big wins from those sales. Um, But certainly there's there's been some down years in Kansas and Kansas City sports, uh, maybe not Kansas basketball. They're they're kind of going there, but they have had some big losses and I know they've been painful losses. So what's the worst defeat that you've ever suffered um, from any of the teams that you're just an absolute avid fanatic about?
1: Um, yeah, so it, it's it's going to be it always sticks out. It's a KU loss uh, to Arizona, you know, 96. Uh, I think was the year Uh, they had a phenomenal team, but we had the, all of the the players went on to the NBA and and we just couldn't pull it off. Um, And then to be in person for Syracuse, another national title that uh, was, was ripped away when you missed, I think 17 free throws, you're probably not going to win a a game though. Yeah. When when you make it that far and you just can't pull it off. And then of course this year with the chiefs. So I know you asked for one, but it's all, uh, you know, that I was at that game in Cincinnati. And when you're up, um, you know, uh, twenty one at, at one point in the game, and and to lose like that, it hurts. So yeah. pretty much, you know. But but you look at it, and you know me, positive guy. At least I get the opportunity. I could live in Cleveland, right? Um, and then I, you know, I think I get one one title every hundred years. So I you know, I'm I'm blessed that I get to at least experience all these. A defeat, although you know me and an uh, uber-competitive individual, but uh, they hurt. Yep. Each, each yep. one hurts just as much as the last one.
0: See, and I thought it was going to be one of those early exits from uh, the NCAA tournament against one of the B teams, Butler, Bucknell, something <laughs> like that. Northern Iowa. Blue. Oh.
1: I, launched, I launched a store a, a mile from Northern Iowa on Monday. Like, you want? yeah, you want to talk about bringing up some bad memories. There you go.
0: Yeah, no question. Well, Cliff, I can't thank you enough for your time today, your passion about Warranty Forever and everything that you bring to the table. I've enjoyed revisiting some of your uh, fan experiences here through our Fast Five, um, but just a tremendous program. You're such a great representative, of, such a great ambassador, such a great addition to our industry that I'm glad I lured you into it, even though you were so reluctant all those years ago. So. Thank you again for taking time out and being a guest on our our little podcast here.
1: Yeah, of course. And and thanks for being a great partner. You and your team are such a great partner and and we're very thankful for you all. So thank you. Thanks again. Uh, I've enjoyed the time together.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. See ya.